Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Welcome, everyone, to Ask Wardy. Today's question is from Wendy R. She says, I need to avoid the phytic acid for teeth cavity issues in my children. If I use the sourdough technique, how much of the phytic acid is removed? What if I ferment and dry the wheat, then grind and use for flour? How much phytic acid is removed then? I would rather not completely get rid of grains and beans, but I will if I have to. So I need good info to make a good decision. Thanks very much, Wendy R. What's a great question, and we're going to dive into it today. So first, um, I want to explain to our wider audience, what's this issue with phytic acid? Has anybody here not heard of phytic acid? Tell me in the comments. Uh, you could just put a one or a thumbs up if you have not heard of phytic acid. I'm going to explain it anyway, make sure we're all on the same page. So phytic acid, in the traditional cooking world, we have one. Just found out this year, we have a Sarah and an Asher who say yes. Um, can't read your name, but another one. Robbins is only recently. We've got all kinds of ones and thumbs up. Okay, well, this is going to be very good information for you. So phytic acid in the traditional cooking world is one of the biggest, what we call anti-nutrients. And that means it works, anti is against, nutrient, you know, nutritious things we need. So it really works against our nutrition. Now, in a generally healthy diet, it's probably not that big a deal. But in our um, American society, standard American society, we tend to go overboard on certain things. And so there are certain facets of our diet that mean so many of us um, are being hurt by this anti-nutrient. Now, phytic acid is an anti-nutrient that's present in seeds. So beans, grains, nuts, seeds, anything that is, well, seeds cover so many things, but grains and beans and nuts and what you typically think of as seeds are included. And this phytic acid needs to be deactivated or neutralized because what happens if you just consume the seed as it is, the phytic acid will bind with minerals as you're digesting it. So it will eventually lead to mineral deficiencies. And one of the uh, greatest um, problems we have in modern society that is, a, is directly uh, related to mineral deficiencies is cavities and tooth decay. So that's why if you're experiencing cavities or tooth decay, um, and in modern society, we have high numbers of cavities and tooth decay, whereas in traditional societies where they didn't have a lot of untreated phytic acid or they didn't have the standard American diet, cavities and tooth decay, as well as many other modern diseases, were simply unheard of. So reducing phytic acid, as well as having a healthy diet in general, is kind of like your number one key to getting a hold and getting on top of um, tooth decay because you're, and it's even possible to remineralize and to reverse tooth decay by getting a handle on the dietary causes of it. So Wendy's question is so good and so big and so important. That's the phytic acid issue. 
Now, I don't want to scare you and think, oh, no, I can't have grains, beans, nuts, or seeds anymore. That's not the case. But we use traditional methods in traditional cooking so that the phytic acid is not a problem. Because when we take care to prepare the foods in nutritious ways, we're making them more nutritious and more digestible. We're not causing mineral deficiencies, tooth decay, or other modern diseases. So it's really important, and that's one of the cornerstones of traditional cooking. Um, and another thing you might be thinking is, oh no, that sounds really hard or complicated. Well, it's not. Um, and I think probably many people that are here who've been longtime members or readers of traditional cooking school can give a thumbs up to vouch for that, that the methods are pretty simple. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to maybe rearrange your schedule a little bit to accommodate them, but traditional cooking is simple. At least the way I do it is simple. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't. <laughs> okay, so that's the issue with phytic acid. That was the first thing I wanted to discuss with Wendy's question. What's the problem with phytic acid anyway? What is it? What are we dealing with? Well, that's what we're dealing with. It's really important to at least know about it, but also to take care of it um, in our diets. Thank you for the thumbs up, Cassie. So the second thing I wanted to talk about, Wendy, is to refer you to a really wonderful article at the Weston A. Price Foundation website. It's Living with Phytic Acid by Ramiel Nagel. He's also the author of the book Cure Tooth Decay. And uh, if you want to get to that article, you know, now or later, preferably later since we're talking now, that um, link is tradcookschool.com PA. And if you want to link to his book, just make sure to look for the replay of this episode. It's Ask Wardy 16, and it'll be up at askwardy.tv within 24 hours, or already is now if you're watching this replay. We're getting a thumbs up great article. Yes, it is. So I'm going to read you a quote from this article. Because Wendy... Uh, it's called Living with Phytic Acid, and the link is at tradcookschool.com PA for phytic acid. Somebody could type that in the comments. That would be great. So here's the thing. Um, phytic acid, um, the, the traditional methods, like I told you, can help us with phytic acid. And sourdough is the best way to handle phytic acid. So this article is quite long, and it goes through many... Um, individual grains, nuts, and seeds in their profiles and what makes each one of the, you know, each one of them and what the phytic acid issue looks like in each one of them. But we're going to talk about sourdough in particular because he has studied it um, kind of exhaustively and he has research to, to, to kind of document the sourdough process and the reduction in phytic acid because sourdough reduces phytic acid. When you do sourdough with your grains, you reduce phytic acid. So here's a quote of some studies. Sourdough fermentation of grains containing high levels of phytase. Phytase is the enzyme that, um, that actually assists in the breakdown of phytic acid if, you, if that's included in the process, So, such as wheat and rye. Um, sourdough fermentation of grains containing high levels of phytase is the process that works best for phytate reduction. This is a quote from an article at tradcookschool.com PA for phytic acid take you right there. Sourdough fermentation of whole wheat flour for just four hours at 92 degrees Fahrenheit led to a 60% reduction of phytic acid. Phytic acid content of the brand samples re was reduced to 44.9% after eight hours at 92 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, another study showed almost complete elimination of phytic acid in whole wheat bread after eight hours of sourdough fermentation. So you can't guarantee that there's a, a complete or partial reduction of sourdough, but I'm going to tell you what are the keys to making it effective. 
you need to combine all your starter, not all your starter, you need to combine all the flour in the recipe with the starter and give it a good long souring time, eight hours or overnight, because those organisms um, and their action, as well as the phytase content in the grain, is what is going to do the magic of reducing the phytic acid. And if it doesn't go long enough, it just simply can't complete the process of reducing the phytic acid. The other thing that's a key thing is the starter being you know, healthy and active because the healthier and more active it is, the better it works on the grain to prepare for best digestion. And, the, and finally, a key is warm temperature because it is not going to reduce uh, phytic acid in you know as fast, effective, or short a time uh, if the temperature is too cold. The sourdough starter needs warmth to be active. So those are key parts of that. And I wanna add something um, to you know this research, which isn't addressed at all in Ramey's, um, in his uh, article, which is ancient grains. Um, einkorn, for instance, which has come into our family in the last, oh, year or two, um, einkorn has half as much phytic acid as modern wheat or rye, or at least modern wheat. So if you take um, just the fact that einkorn has half as much phytic acid and you use sourdough on that, it is like the best possible scenario you could have because you're going to end up with much less phytic acid in your end product than you would if you used wheat or rye. And there's so many other reasons to have einkorn versus wheat. We have a whole class on einkorn baking. Um, it's devoted to einkorn in traditional cooking school. Um, and if you're interested in traditional cooking school, the link for you is tradcookschool.com slash get started. It's a whole page with information on all our classes and really membership, what membership entails. And I want to go on with, um, oh yes, and in einkorn baking, e-course in our class, we go through how to make a sourdough starter and a lot of the recipes uh, are sourdough as well. So going on with um, just to some practical terms that are shared in this article, Living with Phytic Acid by Ramey Nagel. In practical terms, dealing with the phytic acid problem, because Wendy's asking, do I need to give up grains or beans? Well, in practical terms, you want to properly prepare the phytate-rich foods to, release, to reduce at least a portion of the phytic acid. You don't need to go for reducing all of it. You need to reduce a portion of it. And the other thing is you want to restrict their consumption to maybe two to three servings per day, moderate servings per day. In our society, um, the standard American diet, there's so many phytate-rich, and that's a bad thing, phytate-rich rich foods, but a traditional diet where you have fermented foods and broth and you have fruits and vegetables and pastured meats and, and um, fats, and then you have traditionally prepared grains and beans, the, the phytate foods, the grains and beans, are simply not a huge part of the diet. So it's easy to keep it to a manageable, healthy amount, two to three servings per day. And so that's so the two to three servings per day of properly prepared phytate foods is a good thing to shoot for. Um, it's the context of a nutrient-dense diet. Don't you think it's so often the case with anything that it's not that it itself is necessarily bad, it's the context of it. And if we take anything to extreme, it can be bad. And that's the case with phytate foods. Um, so go to that article for more. Once again, that article is tradcookschool.com PA. And if you're interested in einkorn particularly, you want to join our class. Uh, tradcookschool.com slash get started has all the information. You can scroll down all the way near the bottom is what einkorn baking covers. But of course, we have a bunch of other classes too. We have a whole class covered to sourdough, whether you're using whole wheat or spelt. 
Okay, so I want to wrap up Ask Wardy uh, with the third part of answering Wendy's question. And the third part is really just to go over my final suggestions. We've talked about the phytic acid problem. We've talked about uh, Ramey Nagel's article and kind of the highlights of it. Now I'm just, the third part is here's some suggestions for you, Wendy, on how to address this issue of tooth decay in your children. So number one, is definitely use sourdough um, as opposed to any other grain prep method. I don't know, you mentioned in your question, I don't know of a way to ferment grains and then um, dry them and grind them. I know of sprouting grains, but if you're talking about soaking them even longer till they're slightly fermented, you could try that. I still think that sourdough is your best option. Um, I, I don't know, I know sprouting is not as good as sourdough in reduction of phytic acid. And I don't know that a fermentation of grains is gonna be as good as actually you know, taking your flour and using it in sourdough. It could be, I just don't know. So sourdough is gonna be your best bet for reducing phytic acid. When you're soaking beans to cook them, let them soak long enough so that they ferment slightly. And rinse them well so you don't get sour or any you know, unpleasant flavors. But if you rinse well and you don't go like days or weeks, you just go like maybe 48 hours instead of 24, you'll get a good fermentation going on your beans. In case of the grains, even better than wheat is einkorn. As I talked about before, einkorn has half as much phytic acid and it yields very beautiful baked goods, which if you're in traditional cooking school already, you know, you've seen kind of the beautiful things we can make with einkorn. Also, restrict your grains and beans to no more than three moderate servings per day. Make sure they're properly prepared. Um, is the, the other aspect of that. Don't have unprepared grains or beans. Don't have raw grains or beans. Make sure you're using, you know, a soaking <clears throat> slash fermentation on your beans. Make sure you're using a good long sourdough at warm temperatures to prepare your grains. And the final point here on my suggestions is make sure your diet is overall good and nutrient dense. So we're talking about rich in, in um, calcium, especially for tooth decay and magnesium. You want to have plenty of those minerals that are implicated in um, reversing tooth decay. You want plenty of fat soluble vitamins, A and D especially, also E and K, good vitamin C. You want good fats. You want lacto-fermented foods. You want broth. Remember, it's the whole picture here. It's hard, um, hard to decay if we're not going to extremes um, on anything. So those are my suggestions, Wendy. I hope that was helpful. Now, I know you guys have been putting questions in the comments, so if you could bear with me. Um, I didn't catch them because I was covering the content, but now it's time to take your questions. So uh, if you've got one you really want to ask, please type it in the comments. Be sure to include your first name because I can read it better if you type it. The handle is just a little bit too small for me to see from here. So we'll take a couple more questions related, related to Wendy's question about sourdough, uh, phytic acid, and whatnot. And as you guys are typing those in, I just want to thank you for being here, whether you're live or replay. Thank you for the hearts that have been flowing, and thank you for sharing this. It's been wonderful to visit with you again. Okay, K.M. Brooks is saying, or Cassia is saying, gluten and gliadin reduction and sourdough fermentation. Okay, I can't share specific numbers, but one of the great benefits of sourdough on any grain is that it pre-digests the gluten and gliadin. So you're going to see a great benefit there in pre-digestion. It's not a removal, like someone who is um, celiac disease, allergic to gluten, you know, sourdough's not, not gonna work for them. But if you're gluten sensitive, um, the sourdough's going to be wonderful to reduce the, the gluten, to pre-digest the gluten. 
Patty is saying, what about phytic acid in rice? We're gluten-free into a rice flour sourdough. Thanks. Okay. Um, rice has phytic acid. All grains, seeds, nuts, and beans do pretty much. Okay, there's a couple exceptions, but rice is one that does. So you would want to, um, the best way to prepare rice is what I was talking about with the beans earlier, which is to do a, um, like a, an advanced soaking. So it's kind of like a fermentation. So add some sourdough starter or add some raw apple cider vinegar, you know, something that has a beneficial bacterial component to your soaking water and give it a good long soak. Even let it go longer than most minimal recipes call for so you get a really good fermentation going. And then you would drain um, and add fresh water or broth and cook. And a great thing to do on this to make it go even further is if you got a good fermentation going with your beans or your rice or whatever you were soaking, to hold back some of that soaking water because you just built up a culture. And then you can use some of it in your next soaking to kind of inoculate uh, that and get that fermentation going even faster. We cover a lot of this in our uh, Fundamentals and Fundamentals 2 e-courses inside Traditional Cooking School. And the link on information for that is tradcookschool.com slash get started. And there was a question while I was answering that that I missed. I think it was related to rice. Do you want to pop that in again? Katie says, can I use my current wheat starter and add einkorn? Do I need to restart with only einkorn? You, you can just start feeding it einkorn. Some starters are going to have a transition period where they need to get just get used to the new flower source, so a couple days. Uh, but just don't skip any feedings. Keep it in a warm location. You know, stir vigorously, plenty of oxygen, um, and just start feeding it einkorn. That's what I did. I had a I had a spelt starter, and then I went to einkorn, and it it just made the switch very very easily. I want to point out that if you're a member of Traditional Cooking School, we have some great deals on einkorn berries and flour for you inside the membership. So make sure to log in and go to our resources page for einkorn baking and you'll see some great deals, one of which was just renewed the other day from einkorn.com. A great, great discount, even better than the last one. So check that out. Hannah, I'm glad you're excited about that. Okay, any other questions? I've got another minute or two. Oh, Rebecca, thank you so much. Rebecca was complimenting me. <laughs> My eyes pop. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> you know how to make me feel good. Carrie, is there a store-bought kombucha? Certainly there are. It depends on your, your grocery store. It's usually in the health food section, refrigerator section. So I don't know all the brands. Just check them out and try some. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, so let's just wrap up here. Quick recap, if you want to grab our free sourdough starter instructions, go to tradcookschool.com slash free starter. You can do it with einkorn, even though the directions are for wheat or spelt. If you need gluten-free, you can actually reply back by email, and I'll have Millie, she knows to do this, um, reply back with the special gluten-free instructions. Um, thank you so much for coming, everyone. Whether you're here live or on a replay, I appreciate you so much. And I hope you'll come back again because Ask Wardy is every Wednesday on Periscope at 10 a.m. Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern. Be sure you're following me at Trad Cook School on the app or, again, it's periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. Questions. Ask Wardy would not be possible without your questions, so keep them coming. You can tweet them to me. My handle on Twitter is at TradCookSchool. Include the hashtag, uh, point there, <laughs> hashtag AskWardy and include your question. Or if you don't do Twitter, no problem. My email is wardy at askwardy.tv. Thanks and God bless you, everyone. Take care. 
Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wordy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at tradcookschool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.